All right, people. We back up in this thing. You know what I'm saying? We in here one more time. Now, y'all know before I get started, I got to do a roll call. Ernest. Samu. Didi. Billy. God damn it. You know what, people? Ain't none of them here today. It's me. I'm almost one man in this thing, but for today, I got my friend, the lovely Martina, behind the camera. She is the producer of today's show. We getting this thing done. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, like, because it's, it's for y'all. Because y'all are always in the comments. Y'all are always in the DM. Where the fuck is the episode, man? Fuck is y'all doing? Get, get your shit together. Where's Ernest and Samo? Why the episodes ain't out? Million damn food probably somewhere doing drugs. Y'all always got some shit to say about why some shit ain't up. So, goddammit, we make sure the shit is up, okay? I did two episodes yesterday by myself. I managed the whole situation. I was in this motherfucker uh, hosting... Uh, directing, I was uh, uh, cameramanning, producing, I was doing it all, okay? So, we making sure that these episodes get out here. We in the lab, it's Did You Miss Me, I'm your boy Damn Fool, we in the building, and I got a friend with me today. My boy, all the way from New York City, comedian extraordinaire, very funny friend of mine, I've been knowing him about 15 years, um, I know I say that about everybody, but we all met around about the same time, you know what I'm saying, around 05. Uh, from New York, like I said, uh, BET's Comedy View, Def Comedy Jam Reboot, uh, Debbie Fox's Lava of Palooza, uh, the movie, uh, what, what was it called? Hot Pursuit? Uh, <laughs> what the fuck was the name of the movie, man? Cop Out. Cop Out. With, uh, Bruce Willis, right? Bruce Willis. And Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan. Man, you know what I'm saying? Oh, he got that shit. We was like, Corey is gone. He is rich than a motherfucker. My man is in the building, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from New York, Mr. Corey Fernandez. What's happening, Corey? Thank you very much, and I'm happy to be here. Appreciate you coming through, uh, dog. What's the name of the show? Did You Miss Me? Did You Miss Me? Uh, Patient Rehabilitation Center. (laughs) <laughs> Where you come to take your medication. I am a patient. This is my medication. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. Appreciate you coming through, man. Uh, I've been, like I said, I've been knowing Corey about 15 years now. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've we been, it's been it's about 15, right? Yeah. About 2005 at Lapalooza. You know what I'm saying? You was on the big show because at the time you was a big deal. You know what I'm saying? You was that nigga, uh, that Puerto Rican. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, so you was on the big show. I had to go through 52 other fucking comedians <laughs> to get on the show that she was already on. <coughs> but that's because you had uh, did the um, Coming to the Stage, because that's where I first saw you. I remember I saw you on Coming to the Stage um, the second season with Joe Recker. Joe Recker won that year. Rest um, in peace, Joe Recker. Yeah, rest Shout in peace, Joe. DMV. For sure, for sure. Yeah, you know I'm saying Joe won that year, which means you lost. But uh, <laughs> you was on there. You know what I'm saying good shit. But I remember hey, seeing hey, not you. Not only did I, I came in second. Okay, right. Duval was third. <laughs> he really lost. <laughs> yeah, he went in that, and one in the end. <laughs> but no, uh, I remember seeing you on there and like the show. Like it was crazy because you had that one joke about turbulence that I thought was fucking hilarious with the newspaper and you shaking and shit talking about people that experience turbulence how they just sit through it and motherfuckers who ain't never seen it be like freaking out that shit was funny as hell and it was like just 
it was just nuts. I was like, dog, dude, it's funny as hell. And I was like, damn, I ain't even know John Leguizamo's little brother did comedy. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if this nigga John Leguizamo's brother or not. I just made this nigga John Leguizamo's little brother. And in my household, every night, he was John Leguizamo's little brother. Like, I would come home from work and shit. Hey, man, the John Leguizamo's brother, we in the night. They'd be like, yeah, you won, man. You know what I'm saying? So that was this nigga name in my house. He was John Leguizamo's little brother. You know what I'm saying? Met the nigga. Later on, realized he ain't John Leguizamo's little brother at all. You know what I'm saying? Uh, met him at the Def Jam tape him, seen him at the Laughapalooza shit. We bonded, became friends. Wound up living in the house together for two years in New York. Uh, I started dating his cousin. <laughs> Moved in, put everybody out, including him eventually. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we've man, we, we been through a lot of shit. This is a very good friend of mine, man. Um, happy to have you on the show, bro. Like, I was happy to be homeless because of you. You stupid. You know, I, when I move in, I'm putting the rules down. You know I, mean? I need to start letting shit be known. Hey, look, I don't give a fuck. Mama got to go. Auntie got to go. Sister got to go. Brother got to go. Cousin got to go. Anybody that is not paying as much rent as I'm paying got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can you imagine the relationship that I facilitated? Kicks me the fuck out. <laughs> the hell? Yeah, that's what happened. No, no, no. She no. What happened was all of our lives crossed at a particular point in time that created a hood Brady bitch. Right. It was a bunch of us inside a three-bedroom apartment, three-bedroom, two-bathroom, and nine, what was it? Nine lives crossed, right, at that time? Yeah, just about. <laughs> Cause we had, you had, uh, I was dating his, his uh, cousin Toya, a very good friend of mine, still love her to death to this day, uh, we're good friends. But uh, it was Toya's house, but then we had uh, Corey and his girl was there in one room, then Toya's son had the other room, and me and Toya had the master bedroom, so that's three bedrooms gone. Then the living room had her auntie in there, then, you know, her sister was moving in downstairs, so they had to wait two weeks for the crib to get ready, so they would stand up there with us, and it's her sister and her husband, they two kids. So at one point, it's just like nine of us all in the crib, crossing paths, you know, like, cause. Did y'all hear what he said? Me, my girl, him. His cousin, his girl, which was my cousin, <laughs> her child, her sister, her husband, their children, all of us, up and auntie. And an auntie, right. Auntie. I never knew her name. We just called her auntie every day. And it was like being in prison. Like, she was like the one tough-ass nigga in prison that you don't say shit to. Like, hey, man, don't fuck with Killer T. That motherfucker don't like to be talked to. He just eat his cereal and he go back in his cell. That's how she was. She slid up and down the hallway with a New York bop. You know what I'm saying? You say hi to her. Hey, what's up, auntie? And she's just grunt and keep it moving, nigga. Like, she wasn't fucking with nobody. She didn't even answer your ass. She didn't speak any word or language she <laughs> grunt and walk by you that's what she did like yeah she only talked to toya like nobody else she ain't talked to nobody or the kids like she didn't speak to like nobody else grown we didn't get no was, conversation out of her basically queen latifah and set it off bullying everybody in the apartment that's fucking including right. toya who was the, the you know um the on the lease right the landlord pretty much because it was 18 of us there <laughs> But, like, it, eventually, you know what I'm saying, like, 
uh, everything kind of cleared out. Corey and his girl got a crib. Uh, you know, it was just a moment where everybody laughs past, cross, and it was like, it was a family moment. That's what I always loved about living there with y'all in New York. It's like, it was a family, you know what I'm saying? Like, Toya and her sister and they, they, they family was tight-knit. And then, like, that's Corey's family by marriage. Everybody, like, married in together. And it's, it's a whole hood, goddammit, Jerry Springer, Brady Bunch type of story. But that we not finna get the fuck into. But... You know, they was they was real family, and it was it was real family. Or everybody stayed there together. You can unlock, leave the doors unlocked. The kids can run up and down the stairs all day. Well, you know, you can go downstairs get some sugar if you needed it. Like it was just, you know, what I'm saying a, a whole hood New York family environment that I love. Like I fell in love. I was already in love with Toya, so it was like I fell in love with the situation, and it was like I couldn't, I wasn't leaving. I was gonna be there forever. And then, you know, something happened. I don't know what the fuck happened. But and then he, I probably he, lied and or then, something. And then he kicked us out, y'all. Right. He kicked us all out, and then I had to call him be like, hey, did I leave a pair of sneakers over there? <laughs> He's like, I don't know. Let me check. I'll call you back. It was crazy. It was yeah. So New York was what? Was New York? I I I I remember another person that I from your family. I really I really used, I loved a lot was your grandma. I remember the first time I came out here, I had called you on the phone, like, man, I'm coming to New York to visit, and you had me meet you at the crib, and like, this is when I realized Corey wasn't rich, because like, he had me meet him at the crib, and like, I had just seen this nigga on TV, and then we did a show together, Jamie Foxx was there, Jamie Foxx knew who he was, they was hugging and taking pictures and shit, I was like, this nigga is rich as fuck, you know what I'm saying? And then he was on Def Comedy Jam, they picked him to be on that shit, like I was hanging out with him and Kid Capri. I was like, man, God, man, this nigga's my age. He's fucking amazing. Then I went to came to New York to visit this nigga. This nigga stayed at the projects. I was like, but I still like didn't want to believe it. I was still giving you credit. I'm like, he just keeping it real, you know what I'm saying? Like he don't want to leave the hood because he a real nigga, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I get that. That's true. I was in the projects. Shout out Brookline Projects, Brooklyn in the building. Yeah. But but yeah, um, my grandmother lived in the projects way before I was even here. My, you know, and then raised my parents there, and and well, my mother there, and um, you know, what was so funny is that the first joke that I did on that that first television show that I ever did coming to the stage was a joke about. You know, me getting the call saying, oh, congratulations, you're on the show. And, and, and you know, I was like, oh, I thought it was a prank call. I thought, you know, I was like, oh, Sean fucking with me. He acting like it's BET, acting like I'm on the show. Right, right, right. So they was like, yep, congratulations. The only thing is you got to pay for your own flight and hotel. And I was like, oh, shit, this shit really is BET. Get the fuck out of here. I remember that. And, and, then, and, then, and then, like, the, the, the crowd stood up and everybody was dying laughing and, you know, the producers were mad at me. They, they, you know, they was looking at me backstage. They was like, you going to need us before we need you. Yeah. you know? And, and um, it hit so hard because everybody went out there to be on this competition show. And, you know, we all had to, like, come out of our pocket. There was no uh, expenses. So they didn't pay for nobody's shit. No. Nah. So, you know... You know, you had the exposure, and from the exposure, you did a lot of shows on the road because of it. But, you, you know, you didn't get paid directly from it, so you might have ran into me right after. <laughs> <laughs>
But yeah, BET that's, that's, back that's, then that's stood was, for though. back then BET stood for we'll give you the opportunity, but we bet you can't make it. <laughs> like fuck and out then, of here. And then you think the following year they were like, all right, let's change it, let's compensate. Right. No, the following year they just put up a thing and a clause in the contract saying you can't talk about our affairs. <laughs> oh wow! By the time I did BET, they was paying niggas. I was so happy, but. I remember meeting your grandmother, like, I came uh, over there that day, and you wasn't there yet. You was somewhere. I don't know if you was getting back in town or you had went somewhere else, so I had to, like, wait till you got back. And she, like, she she, she had, like, a, a very broken English accent at the time, you know what I'm saying? She was just like, going down here, but you sitting in the kitchen. And she, like, in the kitchen and like disappeared for a little while then she came back and like when I turned and looked behind me it was like a big ass picture of Jesus on the wall you know what I'm saying like Jesus was like right there chilling like just on my ass like staring at me I was like oh shit and it was like candles and shit and it was like the shit you see in the movies I was like oh shit I'm in a real New York Puerto Rican house <laughs> I was like I'm in a real New York Puerto Rican house it's candles and shit you know what I'm saying I was excited to the motherfucker like you know what I'm saying and I remember that one time she came in the room and was, she said something. It was, she was saying something. She opened the door and was like, Cardi, something, something, uh, amigo negra. I was like, did she just call me your little nigga for you? <laughs> like, you know what I'm I heard amigo and I heard negra. I think she just said your nigga for you. I don't know. I'm not sure. But, like, I love grandma. Yeah, yeah, she was. She did say that. That would have been more fucked up because then she would have been calling him a girl, too. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Black female friend. Black female friend. That would have been fucked up, okay? There's more than one. Mm -mm. But, no, I mean, the, the truth is, is that, you know, um, a lot of uh, people from the Caribbean are racist. You know, like Puerto Ricans are racist and, like, Dominicans battle it out with Haitians. They share the same island. And, you know, when they come from that background, you know, my mom, she actually, I was supposed to have an older brother. My mom got pregnant by a black guy, and my grandmother forced her to have an abortion. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they got real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it went real Oprah, real, like, for a second, like, bow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oprah, in your face. Let's talk about it. You that, know what I'm saying? That, that's, where, that's when you coach somebody before the, the, the camera start rolling, and then they, they, you, before you know it, they're like, yeah, and then he touched me when I was little. <laughs> Like, I had no idea this was going to go that way. But, no, no, that's real shit, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, and, and you know, it's like that. Uh, you know, it's all over the world. It just goes to show that that shit is all over the world. But um, So that's the kind of background she had, and and that's, you know, where that whole thing comes from. But, but you know, people that grow up around Puerto Ricans, they, they recognize stuff like that. They know they catch on to shit like that. That's it, Chicago. Like Mexicans and black people don't get along. Like you ever notice when we when we be in LA, I'm always like real leery of Mexicans and shit. And everybody black man, what the fuck wrong with you? Like in Chicago, we don't get along. But black people and Puerto Ricans is like you know what I'm saying because Puerto Ricans is Mexican niggas to us. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like Chicago racist as hell. So we like the way we think about shit be weird as fuck. Like they just Mexican niggas. So, you know what I'm saying? But, but yeah, like, we always cool with the Puerto Ricans, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, what it is but, is that, that, like, you know, it's um, similar, you know, that, that there's natives from here that 
you know, from either the mainland or from the islands mm -hmm. that, you know, in, in, you know, got involved with the Europeans and the slaves. And so supposedly we're a third uh, native, a third European and a third African. And, you know, a lot of uh, the cultures, you know, like Dominican Republic, Haiti, they're the same, similar, you know. Goddamn nationality gumbo in this motherfucker. Yeah, so so you know, a lot of them, them countries, man, they speak a lot of languages. You know, like um, uh, I went to um, uh, what was it? Uh, it was it's like near uh, Venezuela down there. One of them shits. <laughs> I remember me and uh, your girlfriend back there used to always argue about, because she used to talk about Bolivia all the time. Like, Bolivia is such an amazing country. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. We used to argue about all kinds of shit. She used to get on my goddamn nerves. Like, but she, I'd say, ah, shut up, you fucking drug mule. <laughs> That's why I'd be like, well, actually, they spoke about three or four languages. I'm not sure of the name. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like a goddamn bitch ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Couldn't stand that bitch. That motherfucker, man. We used to argue about all kind of dumb ass shit. You know what I'm saying? Like They used to argue while in the ciphers, cursing each other out while passing it to each other. Yeah, like, bitch, take the blood. You get on my goddamn nerve. You don't never buy no reef. You always hear smoking. <laughs> you know when you broke, you know when you broke, you argue over every little day. Hey, man, what do you motherfuckers ate my sandwich yesterday? I don't know who it was. Yeah, take the reef. But I swear to God, I'm gonna, somebody paying for my sandwich. <laughs> He's like, hey, we done told y'all we need the rent by now. Y'all gonna have to go soon. <laughs> here you go. Right. It was the last, it was the last powwow. <laughs> here, here, here you go. Smoke some of this. Right, as we pack that shit up, get the fuck out of here. Uh, you know, but you know what's interesting as I always remember, like, you don't speak Spanish. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the generations that are Americanized, and my mom only spoke English to me, so, you know, you get, you gotta deal with that growing up, you know, like, you're not Latino enough. So you don't know the words to La Bamba. Huh? You don't know none of the words to La Bamba other than La Bamba. No, I know that shit, I mean, come on, we all know that shit. I mean, I know that shit, but the young, the youngsters don't, but, um, I, you know, yeah, so it's always been like a, a crossroads where it's like, you know, I was never Latino enough. I'm not black. I'm not white. <laughs> it's just like, where do I belong? You're an outcast. You, you, you're an American Puerto Rican no, with nowhere to go. Right. But then you realize that there's a whole generation like me that grew up here and don't know Spanish and, you know, they don't speak it and go through the same shit like me. And that's what happens after a while when you get Americanized, you know? Right. So... I feel like eventually there's always like a, a pocket that you can feed into that where people will fuck with you, you know? Yeah. I mean, think about it, dog. Like, we pre people preach about anything, and no matter how crazy it sounds, there's always like a little crowd of following that, that, that goes with it and fucks with it. Right. I you mean, because the thing is, if you can't speak Spanish, you can always use a family member as a translator. You know what I'm saying? That always works, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah. But, you know, it, it was weird be you, you know, I'm Puerto Rican, I'm in Spanish class, <laughs> and the, the Chinese kid doing better than me. <laughs> the Chinese kid doing better than me, that's the fucked up shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
kimchi no more Spanish than Juan. <laughs> you know, um, I talk about that though. You know, you got to deal with the judgment. Latinos, they always want to judge you. You know, because you don't speak it. Like, ah, oh, you know. I'm not bad by you. Why you know I'm not bad you? But you know I'm bad by you. You know, and then, and then, you know, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like we we have been here. You just got here. I don't know. You know, like why you know big English? <laughs> we not the first settlers. Like we've been here for a while now. Like it's no surprise. That's but they, but I think they kind of like you know feed off of like making you feel, trying to make you feel less than them by. You know, showing that they know it and you don't. So it's like, like, a, like, a, like a power trip a little bit. I think they feed off of it. So they still got to act like they don't know what the fuck is going on. Right. You know, you know it's big, baby. <laughs> but, but now, you know, I don't even give them the long answer. Now I just give them, I cut straight to the short answer. I ain't no big, I, I'm Filipino, bitch. <laughs> I'm Asian. <laughs> you know, and then, and then I just be walking over. And you, you can look at them and you see that they don't really, but they're not buying it. They're like, he's lying. I don't, he, that motherfucker is Latino. <laughs> he's, he's a fake Puerto Rican. Look fake at Puerto him. Rican. Look at him. He doesn't speak Spanish. <laughs> he got no keys. <laughs> like, he got no keys. Yeah, but... That's another thing too. Fucking, I'm almost forty. I got no kids. Latino. That shit is rare. Yeah, you like a leprechaun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. Um, you a unicorn, like Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> but I'm like, you know what, man? If I, I don't want to be an old dad. So that's why I'm like, if I turn forty, I'm just gonna adopt a ten year old and just catch up real quick. <laughs> you know, just. No. <laughs> Maylene's graduating elementary school. She worked so hard to get here. Me and Maylene. Get <laughs> you are the blended families like a Brad Pitt. You know what I'm saying? Little Maddox. And <laughs> hey, nigga, where the fuck you get the little United Nations ass family from? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fucking family look like NATO. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That shit is funny, man. I, 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 I love being in New York. I love, like, we used to eat a lot of pizza, sandwiches, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we took cabs every fucking way. Like, that was the craziest shit. Hopping in the cab. Sometimes they don't want to take you where you got to go. That was the first time I ever experienced that. You get in the cab, like, hey, man, take me over to so-and-so. And they'd be like, I ain't going over there. What? Fuck you, man, you ain't going over there, nigga. Like, <laughs> you an 80s baby, right? Yeah. We both experienced the era of yellow cabs. And right. It's nothing like Uber. Like, just like technology always gets better, so did uh, taxi cab transportation. Like, back in the days, man, there were so many things Uber fixed, we got to be honest, you know? How many times you try to catch a, a cab going from Manhattan to Brooklyn. They don't want to go to Brooklyn. They acting like they're not going that way. They peel off on you before you could jump in. All right. Like, who does? Who says I'm not going that way? You right. going wherever I pay you to go, nigga? Exactly. Then you lose something. You can't get it back. You know, they call you call. Uh, they have no idea who was your driver. Yeah. The, 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 the driver takes you the long route so the meter can build. Right. Right? All these things. Plus, I, you know, one, you order Uber, they never take more than five minutes. To get there. Boom. And then you can see them. You're watching them while they're approaching. Like, all right, you made a wrong turn, sir. I'm on the other way. Why are you on the phone with them? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what I used to do back in the day when it was regular cabs. I would call three, four different cab companies at one time for the same ride. And, you know, they don't 
they don't call each other and ask, so I would wait. And whoever got that first, that's who cab I was getting the fuck in. <laughs> fuck that other nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I would make him drive all the way to my house for nothing. I'm probably the nigga that ruined yellow cab. <laughs> but then I'll never forget, there's always that struggle of being in Manhattan and trying to catch a cab, and you're standing on the corner, and there's other people on the corner, too. And then you got to see them stand stand there and catch a cab before you when you were standing there much longer than them, you know? Right. Like, all that little bullshit, it solved all that stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah Uber, Uber killed all that. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Uber because I was Uber driver. <laughs> I was wondering where this whole Uber love came from. This nigga is trying to get uh, some promotion from his job. No, actually, it's, it's, it's me getting older and just trying to accept technology more and more and be open and not try to like be all old school with shit, you know? Like books, for instance, you know? Like people's like, oh, I still like the actual book because I get to smell it and I get to open up the sheets. And I'm like, fuck that shit. I want the book in my phone. Yeah. In my pocket. Fuck that. And I want it on a server where I can access it from anywhere. I want the movie. Fuck the goddamn book. Shit. The shit is light. I can access it anywhere. It's not physical. I don't gotta carry this heavy ass shit on my ba- in my mm. bag. You know. I used to hate when game with people like. So have you read the books? No, bitch. I'm in the middle of the series. <laughs> like, fuck, I'm gonna go back and read the book for <laughs> and imagine what's there when I can just watch every Sunday and see what's there. Fuck is y'all talking about? No, I'm good. I don't want to watch read the book. That is a PSA, y'all. Don't read. Don't. Fuck that. There's so many reasons not to. They have books Watch the on audio, on tape. You can get the book and play it in your car. A nigga will read it to you. And then John turned the corner as he ran through the catacombs of the alley. You know what I'm saying? All of that shit is there, nigga. You don't have to buy or sit there and read the fucking book. A motherfucker will read it to you. That's real shit. Technology is a motherfucker, man. Shit. <laughs> You can FaceTime a motherfucker, talk to a nigga that ain't even there. You know what I'm saying? Although I will admit, I hate when a motherfucker FaceTime me and, like, they don't... Like, text me first. You know what I'm saying? Text me and say, hey, you, you feel like FaceTiming? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I might not even feel like having a camera in my face. I might not feel like holding this motherfucker. I might not be camera ready. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't just want to see you right now. Like, you, like I hate when people just FaceTime you because then when you pick it up, like, your face already on there. You're like, yeah, can they see me already? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's some bullshit. To me, FaceTiming a nigga without calling them first. It's like the equivalent of a nigga being outside your house, looking in the window and knocking on the door at the same time. Like, hey, I know you in there, fam. I'm looking right at you. Shit, you sitting right there watching TV. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck out of here. I feel the same way, but I feel that way about calling over texting. I don't even be on no FaceTime shit. When a motherfucker call me, I'm like, this is very invasive. You have no idea what I'm doing right now. <laughs> you could have texted me. You could have texted me to, pre- to prep me for this call. <laughs> And then I would have been ready to accept it. You know? Right. But the calls seem invasive nowadays sometimes. It's, it's etiquette, man. Text me first. But but in actuality, it's not because that's what we grew up on. You know, like we grew up on home phones. Right. But in the digital world, it do feel a little invasive for somebody to just call you right away before text and be like, what's good or whatever. Because right. honestly, like I know people are trying to be old school with it and they try to be like, oh, you know, I... 
call me. Don't text me. Call me. But no, I, I want you to text me because sometimes I don't want to talk. I just want to answer a quick question, keep it moving. And, and you know, sometimes you spend too much time with somebody who, you know, just rambling on. Talking about some bullshit. Talking about some bullshit. Yeah. Well, that motherfucker always want to tell you about who died. It's always some sad shit. It's like, I don't want to talk to this motherfucker at all. <laughs> don't you hate it? You God. text somebody, they call you back? That's that's the kind of shit I'm talking yeah. about. Oh, come on. I text you for a reason because I don't feel like fucking talking. Exactly. <laughs> And if you out there and people texting you and you don't feel like talking, give us a call, 323-385-9734. We'll get somebody over there to you. You can you don't have to respond to that shit. Fuck that. Don't answer the phone. That's some bullshit. I hate when people do that. No, but the point is embrace technology, embrace the future. Don't be old school, don't be closed minded. Make it easier on yourself. Here's my thing about technology. Like I don't, I don't like the internet for one reason, because I feel like it has eliminated arguing. Eliminated what? Arguing. Arguing? I like to argue. You know what I'm saying? I remember back in the day when you be in the barbershop and motherfucker be arguing like, man, Jordan and the Bulls won in 96 at home. You know the fuck they did, nigga? They was on the road. They was in L.A. when they won. You know the motherfucker didn't? They was in, New, in Chicago. Now, y'all arguing back and forth. You got to go home and think about it. And the next time you see that nigga, you got to tell him, nigga, I saw this. I looked the shit up now. Huh? Huh? Yeah, guess what? It was 96, nigga. Then you got to prove it to this nigga. Now, you can't do that. Ain't no argument. Soon as you have a disagreement with a nigga, it was 96. No, it was 97. Nigga, I'm finna Google it. Hold on one second. No argument, no nothing. That, the answer is out there. It's all over with. The debate is over because of Google. Fuck Google, man. Bro, I, I want to argue with a nigga. No, of course. I, I, I want to argue. Think on the contrary, <laughs> my ex found out that I tried to holler at another chick off the internet, and it caused a lot of arguing. <laughs> So I think the internet has introduced a lot of arguing. <laughs> I'm mad at that part. I remember the game before internet. There's going to be some arguing either way. When this chick couldn't holler at that chick, whether it was true or not, like that that didn't exist. Hilarious. You know? Look, man, check it out. We got to pay some bills around here. You know what I'm saying? We'll be back. It's Did You Miss Me? It's different people, Patreon subscribers, we've been watching y'all, y'all been watching us, we've been making moves for y'all, you know why? Because we won't give y'all exclusive shit, because y'all deserve it, why? Because y'all are investing in us! Let me tell you what we got, Patreon. Uncut, unadulterated stories that'll never, ever, ever hit the airwaves. Just y'all, ears and eyes, we'll be able to view it. So guess what, people, $20 subscribers, we thank y'all. $2 subscribers, come on now, come on, you got to come on now. I know you're getting money now, you know I know? We're been motivating you motherfuckers to get the money. So come on, people, drop that bread off on us. Damn fool is in this bitch. He dropped, he's sprinkling tidbits of motherfucking unadulterated juice in you bitches like, what y'all doing? $2 subscribers, come on now, step that bitch up. $20 subscribers, man, what's in two for y'all? I wish I could, I want to tell you right now. But you can't. I, I can't, can't, you can't. I can't tell you. They got to see it. They, they thought I was dead, bitch. I'm still here. Don't tell me. Don't you say, see, that's another goddamn story. Subscribe. Dead man, dead man walking. Ask for that story. Dead Nigga, for all y'all that's been asking, there he is. He's still around. He's Dave Rucker has not left the group. All right, people, we back up in this thing. I got my man Corey Fernandez in the building. This is Did You Miss Me? The best storytelling podcast in the fucking world. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
like as we were saying earlier, at one point in time, like me and Corey all lived in the, lived in the same house with like him and a bunch of his family members. That shit was crazy because it was like I was dating your cousin, and it was weird because it's like we friends. That's your cousin. I'm dating. Her. We on the road. You know, shit happens. You know. <laughs> Yes, exactly. We had a, Corey had a few. Happen. Corey had a few heart to hearts with me. You know, what I'm saying? You know the, the, it's hard being a performer, and and you know you get attention from audiences. It's a lot more attention than a regular person with a regular job. I don't mean mm. to put it like that, but you know what I mean. Like someone who is not in the spotlight. So you know you do endure more pressure and temptation than the average person. And, of course, damn fool endured some of this pressure and temptation in front of me when, when, when he was dating my cousin. And, you know, I, I used to try to, you know, approach him and tell him, hey, man, you know, I can't let you be, you know, just trying to holler at girls in front of me like that, you know, dog? And he used to just be looking at me like, hey, man, I'm not about to have this conversation right now. Yeah, girl, so like I was saying, I'm just going. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no. And you just walk off with the girls. Nigga. Um, it was difficult, man. It was hard. It's like, you know, you know, it's like, it's my man's, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I remember the first time he came to me with that shit, like, hey, man, look, you know, Toy is my cousin. And you're my friend. You know what I'm saying? I was like, hey man, you know what? That bitch, you fucking cheat somebody's cousin too. And the other bitch, you fucking cheat somebody's sister. She's somebody's auntie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, it was like, nigga, don't you ever come, don't you come over here with your judgment finger. You know what I'm saying? But, like, it, it all worked out. We, 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 we worked it out. We figured it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit yeah, was crazy. It all worked out. We stopped going out together so I wouldn't see it. Exactly. You know, we found a way to get around it, goddammit. I remember uh I remember that time we had the fucking the uh what was it, tequila with the scorpion in the motherfucker? The the infamous scorpion night. That was the night we kept calling this nigga Scorpion King. Cause we had a friend that lived next door, uh named Jonathan. You know what I'm saying? Jonathan was a uh, was Russian, German, some Russian. Didn't know he was Russian. Had no idea he was fucking Russian, because that's how New York is. You be talking to a motherfucker for years, you don't know his shit. You just think he regular white or regular black or some shit until you hear the nigga talking to somebody in his house and he's and all that shit and you be like, Whoa, this nigga something else. You know what I'm saying? So one day he just happened to say some shit to his daddy in Russian. I was like, man, what the fuck was that? He was like, oh, yeah, I'm Russian. I was like, I thought you was a regular white person. You know what I'm saying? So whatever. You know, he come out the house one day, he got some tequila straight from Spain, but it's got a scorpion inside of it. This shit been in his daddy's house for 20 years. He decides he wants to drink it this night because we out of liquor. So he go and get the thing. He bring it outside. We pop the bottle. We drinking it. It's going to be a good time. This nigga's Puerto Rican. He can drink. I can just drink. I don't know what the fuck, you know, it's probably some Irish blood down the line somewhere or something, but I don't know why the fuck I drink the way I do and can handle it, but I can't. So we out there drinking. His cousin, she black and Puerto Rican. She drinking like a motherfucker. We all drinking. We drunk. We fucked up, okay? 
Corey's having visions and shit. The scorpion talking to him from the fucking bottle, telling him that he need to drink him. You know what I'm saying? He keeps telling me, the scorpion says I have to drink it. And we trying to fight him to keep him from getting the scorpion. You ever had a motherfucker so drunk that they trying to get to the bottle to get more drink and you fighting them to keep them from the bottle? That was the kind of night he was having. We fighting this nigga to keep him from getting the bottle. Like, no, Corey, no more. I have to drink the scorpion. And he kept trying to, like, drink the scorpion and all this shit. It was talking to me. I had a vision. All this crazy shit. So I'm drunk. My dumb ass, I'm out planking on people's driveways and fences and porches. And saying, take, take my picture. Take my picture. I'm drunk as hell doing dumb shit. Then we got there with I had a show in fucking Jersey. We got on the train, drunk as hell, rode the train all the way to Jersey. We used to play this game on the train. You remember where we were like, I would pretend to be somebody on the train's conscious. We would look through the train and I would find somebody and I'd be talking like, yeah, you know, as soon as I leave here and I get home, I got to check on those three girls that got tied up in the basement, you know, because I got them tied up to the to the water heater. You know, like, you'd have to look around the room and see who fit the, the mental description of what I was saying. And we would play this game on the train. That used to be so fun. We'd be losing it on the train because we had drunk as fuck. So we drove all the way to Jersey, which is probably like, what, hour and a half on the train? Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We get out there There's and so uh, many personalities on the train, like you run across everybody, all ages, from all over the world. You know? Everything. I used to play this game with myself on the subway where you would judge people, of course, being from the city, you judge them by their sneakers. By the, okay, okay. Like, the nicer their sneakers, or, or <laughs> the, the, the more you respected them, the more fucked up the sneakers were, the less respect. Right. You know? Or you could tell where they were from. Yeah. So, you know, um, I used to tell people, you know, my sneakers used to get fucked up, and I couldn't buy new ones, so whenever I didn't want to be judged, I would just hang out with the hipsters. Right. So that way... I would blend right in with all they fucked up sneakers. Exactly. You know? Don't so, change your sneakers, change your friends. <laughs> that's a lesson in life, man. If you ever feel shitty about life, it's not because your sneakers are fucked up, it's because the crowd you're with is making you feel like your sneakers are fucked up because they're judging you. You need to go find some hipsters whose sneakers are fucked up just like yours and everybody can fit in and blend in together. <laughs> Nigga, <laughs> that train ride took forever. We finally get to fucking Jersey. And um, my girl is drunk. His cousin, my girlfriend, she's out of there. I'm out of there, but I'm pulling it together because I got to do the show. She is plastic, right? So all the comedians start going up. They going up. They ain't doing the best job, but... She is having an issue with how bad it's going. They on stage, she yelling from the back, oh my God, this nigga is terrible. Why is he even on the show? Oh, wow, this is crazy. Then next dude go up, oh my God, he is, baby, when you going up? Baby, baby, these niggas terrible. Oh my God, I can't. When is damn food going on? I'm like, oh fuck, I'm about to get fucked up. My manager is there. 
the promoter is there. She the cussed out my manager. This nigga is amazing. You don't even know how good he is. And you ain't doing shit. You, you fucking up. He could have been, we could have all been rich by now. And we're living on the island. He could have owned his own island, but you fucking up. Like, she going off on my manager. Then, like, she getting, going on the promoter. Like, this show ain't shit. You done booked all these niggas and they terrible. Bring that fool up. Let him do his thing. Because this is some bullshit. Get him on the stage. Please, this is fucked up. Hurry up. So we arguing back and forth with the promoter. He mad. Fool, you need to control your girl. Hey, man, I got control shit. She a goddamn grown-ass woman. If she want to talk shit, that's what she going to do. Now I'm trying to defend her. You know what I'm saying? drunk, still trying to find the goddamn scorpion. Where the bottle at? I got to drink the scorpion. If I drink the scorpion, I will have the scorpion powers, and I can fuck everybody in here up. We like, take this nigga to the car right now, because he is the fuck out of there. You know what I'm saying? So we arguing back and forth. Finally, the host is ready to bring me up. I got to go on stage. I go on stage. I do the show. After the show, dude mad as fuck. He don't want to pay me. He pissed. I'm pissed, my girl pissed, my manager pissed. Corey's still trying to find the goddamn scorpion. Finally, they give me my money. I leave the motherfucker, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, fuck this bullshit. Four, five years later, I'm back in Jersey. Uh, uh, Corey hooked me up with a show with this dude who's like a stripper slash promoter slash comedy Dude, the nigga with the glasses that always wore a shirt unbuttoned all the way. Uh, Is that Cameo? Cam, yeah, Cam, yeah, that nigga, this nigga, here. Yeah. So I get, he hooked me up with a show with this nigga. I get there, I do the show, everything was over with. It's time to get paid. Cam tell me, hold on, I gotta wait for my man to come back here with the money. I'm like, all right, well, who is the nigga with the money? Why the fuck? Man come back there with the money. It's the same goddamn promoter from the show in New Jersey where we drunk and my girl cussing him out and talking shit and all this shit. And then Cam tells me, man, he ain't got to, he said he ain't gonna be able to pay you because of some shit that happened. We went to man. And that nigga looked me dead in my eyes and he said, did you miss me? Goddamn. We took this motherfucker all the way around the world and bought it back. Dropped it off on your ass. I got my man Corey Fernandez in the building. It's a Did You Miss Me, po Did you miss me podcast with your boy Damn Fool. DD's not here. Billy's not here. They in the wind. You know what I'm saying? We getting money. But we got Martina holding it down for us. On the producing side, Damn Fool's in the building. Corey Fernandez is in the building. It's a goddamn show, people. That's a goddamn rap. Appreciate y'all. See you next week.